This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Oh my goodness, I am in a hotel room in New York, and I cannot believe I pulled this episode together because the power went out right when I was supposed to record. So I want to thank uh, my guest today, Jenna Jaffe, for hanging in while I had the power restored. Um, She has an awesome organization called Connecting Rainbows. We're going to talk all about parental rights and IVF, stuff like that. Baby talk. Hope you're doing awesome. Enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Amazing. Yeah. Right now? Yeah. It's already, yes, it's already started. <laughs> We're already Amazing. doing it. I, We're in it. Uh, look at that. We are. Mm-hmm. We're in it. I am Jenna Jaffe. I am a mom of two little kids via reciprocal IVF that I have with my wife, and I am a lawyer, an influencer, and I found, founded an organization for the LGBTQ plus community that we can chat about. Yeah, let's chat about it. What do you mean you founded an organization for the LGBTQ plus community? <laughs> yeah, so it's called Connecting Rainbows. It provides free legal and fertility resources. So my wife and I had our and when I was pregnant with our first, we found out that my wife was going to have to adopt them, our, our kids, because um, even though they genetically are hers, because we used her eggs and I carried, um, I was considered the legal parent because I gave birth to them. And so we had to go through a, a process called second parent adoption. And when I had shared about that on my Instagram, people were freaking out and they're like, why, what's happening? Like, why are you doing that? And so I came to learn that most people don't know that's a thing. And a lot of lawyers have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. What, what state do you live in? I live in Pennsylvania. Because this also matters. Um, this is, you know, I Sierra, my producer, always sends like submissions that she likes to me. And so I, I read about what was going on for you. And I thought, yeah, this is an interesting conversation. So you live in Pennsylvania. It's actually, but it, it's for the whole country. No, totally. I okay. <laughs> I want to talk more about that. But um, am I wrong that there are different regulations per state? Am I wrong about that? Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, tell Sounds, me more. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So here's what here's the thing: is that a birth certificate means nothing in terms of legal rights. So my wife and I were both on the birth certificate when my kids were born, but a birth certificate is just an administrative document governed by the laws of the state, it does not grant parentage rights. So in every single state, except right now, a few, one of them is Connecticut, have adopted something called the Uniform Parentage Act, where you don't have to go through the entire process to be viewed as a legal parent within the walls of that specific state. In every other state, and I still encourage people in those specific states to go through this process as well, you need to go through either a second parent adoption or they call it a step parent adoption in order for both or more partners to have the same legal parental rights as the parent who gives birth. 
Yeah, I think so, that's. I think what I was yeah. talking about is that there are some states that are that have moved away. From, I mean, it, I think maybe some of the thing I'm talking about is like I know that there are some states where, like, for instance, I live in California, so that's mm-hmm. a place where. I mean, again, I'm not obviously not a lawyer. No, but I, you do. But I know that, <laughs> um, like, on a birth certificate, there I think there are parent spaces as yes. opposed to mom and dad. <laughs> So I'm not saying totally. I'm not saying that, that I'm just talking about like let's let's like dumb it down and just sort of talk for a second yeah. about because I think a okay. lot of people in the in our community are thinking a lot. It's just in the news right now the way um, that different Italy states are. Awesome. I think we're not even there yet. I'm just talking about like different states having starting from a different place. Like for instance, that there yeah. are some states that don't even have a parent one, parent two portion of a birth certificate so even in that moment that first moment that's before the legal adoption there's already something bananas happening i think that's what i'm saying is like like starting with birth things are already fucked in some places in other places things are not fucked so there's a division and there's a difference and that is wild that that there isn't like a national policy about this to me i just had somebody um reach out on instagram that the hospital where they gave birth made the non-birthing parent wear a father bracelet. So that's what I'm though, talking about. So I'm talking about like, yeah. like it's, it's the day of the birth, <laughs> like that, like it's starting the there. The and-, <laughs> and actually even before that, like, let's start the day, be- you know, bef- before the birth, because you said, you know, that you did reciprocal IVF. I have done an egg retrieval in um, California and, you know, Los Angeles. And I think one thing that surprised me was I was surprised going in. I, I really liked the place I went through, the fertility clinic that I used, but I was surprised to find out how, I will say never in the waiting room did I see um, queer parents. I was mm-hmm. Im- Im- immediately surprised by the fact that even in California, which I think has this like fucking California, man. Like I was surprised even <laughs> at that process, the beginning of the process, that it didn't yeah. seem to be focused on like our needs right away. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm going through, you know, like I, I, as I'm picking the clinic, there's like slideshows of what they do. And a lot of it was focused <laughs> on, um, you know, ha- straight cis couples who have had a difficult time con- conceiving. I think in my yeah. mind, I thought that was ours. Like I was like, IVF is for <laughs> us, you know, like I just, because I hadn't, right. because I hadn't been through the process yet. Um, so even like going even back before birth, it's like I already felt um, I felt the difference going in. They were very kind to me. Nobody said anything. You know, um, it wasn't like that. I just yeah. even on day one of that process, even before day right, one. You already feel different. I already felt right. different. Yeah. So it's yeah. like we found our clinic. Be- right. We found our clinic because the local lesbians that live down the street use them. So yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, cool. We're going to go with that one. Totally. But no, it's true. A lot of, a lot of their websites, even the clinics that I, that I work with or that I have spoken to, they just kind of sprinkle things in. And I That's said, what I'm talking no, about. The we sprinkle. want a tab. Yeah. I said, I said, I want a tab <laughs> and I've worked with some of them on their marketing. I'm like, you need, I, we want our own section. I understand that a lot of it is the same and the same, like, it's the same process of sorts, except if you're doing like reciprocal, but we want our own section. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know that we're, that it's inclusive. Yeah, totally. Yes. So, you know, starting there, that was a surprise to me. Just like day one walking in, I was like, oh, oh, this is for you. 
you know? Um, Everything is for you. <laughs> yeah. So like that was a surprise. Then the, you know, I know a little bit about the, like I'm saying the spouse one and two. So it's like talking about going through that part. Like this is like leading up to this. There's already this, and I haven't had gone through this process yet, but from just that experience, I know that I already felt the, because the other side of this, hang on, I'm going to get, is that a lot of folks in my life ask me all the time about kids. I think when people are trying to be inclusive, this is like non-queer people, they'll ask about kids as if this is like an easy and affordable process. And it is not. It is neither easy nor affordable. It is expensive and complicated. And so, (laughs) so (laughs) getting, you know, getting that mentality where I was ready financially and ready emotionally to try to go through something that was complicated. Um, then I was surprised to show up and be like, oh, after all that work I did, you know, this is I'm walking into a situation where everybody's like, you know, all the photos are like a straight couple holding hands with like a baby, you know, like a thought bubble of a baby. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been your experience? Was any of that your experience? Yes. Um, but I also had one of my really good friends who is also married to a woman was going through it, the process at the same time at the same clinic. So while our appointments didn't ever coincide, we were at least going through it at the same time we were doing it together. And I found such community on Instagram. Oh, that's amazing. Like we we started this process back in 2015 and I'd never heard of a simple IVF. And can you, you can you say what that is? Because I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, reciprocal IVF is when you use one person's egg and the other person's uterus. So it's very similar to surrogacy, um, you know, and then donor sperm. So yeah. it's, it's also called co-IVF, but it's a, such a cool way for for us to like both feel part of the process. You know, like the kids came out looking like my wife, but I had the whole like pregnancy experience, um, you know, so... And this is true for both your kids? Both of our kids, yeah. They're 100% siblings. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. 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 And what was your process? What did it feel like for you carrying and just walking through the world? Did you feel like folks, you know, anticipated or... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming it has been, especially... With my kids now, um, I'm really short and my kids are really tall. My wife is taller than me and our donor was tall. And so, you know, a playground, oh, your kids are tall. Is your husband tall? And I'm like, no. What do you say? It really depends on the situation and depends where I am. Um, I find that in Pennsylvania, I, I read the space a little bit more than when, like, recently I was at in the Hamptons. And I was like, oh. The sperm donor was tall. You know, like it's just really, dep- at least for us, depends on on where we are. I don't ever lie. I don't ever hide anything. But I just say, oh, I have a wife. She's actually really tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have some people who will, who will ask more questions. Or I have some people that, like one person I met was like, oh, like I I went through fertility and, and all this stuff. So it's like a nice way to bond. But it is always assumed that I have a husband. And it was interesting during pregnancy because... I'm the pregnant one, but none of my his- medical history really mattered 
Because when I when I would get blood work done, they're like, oh, how old are you? I'm like, well, actually, the egg that I'm carrying is three years older than me. So that mattered more. That's also. interesting. So it's like, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And going through all of this stuff, the reason I'm talking about all, all this is because, um, you know, in your job, I feel like, right, So so this is a field that, first of all, is like, kind of specialized for people to even know what you're talking about and then for people to have been through it you know so like lawyers that might be doing this work i think it's different to have the lived experience um yeah than just to be like somebody who specializes in adoption for instance or who does adoption as a side gig to their like litigation practice or like real estate practice or whatever it is (laughs) um so Maybe you could talk to me about, like, was this work you were already interested in or was it the process that brought this sort of more into your purview? Yeah, no, I was a business lawyer. <laughs> um, we're like, when we got pregnant, I had no idea that this was a thing. The, like, I, the only reason I knew about it was because one night we were at our lesbian neighbor's house and they were like, oh, like, are you going to adopt? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I had no idea. It's not, it, it's just not well known and that's really why i wanted to start this organization get the word out to protect our community i really i started it yeah. right after amy pony barrett was nominated and i was like oh <laughs> we were <laughs> sorry that's it we can only laugh at that because otherwise we'd cry um we do yeah. cry. um and i was like oh like I, and so i really started talking about it on instagram and that's when i realized how little people did know right and, and then especially with everything going on now, um, you know, and Italy is removing people from their moms from their birth certificates. So that's cool. Um, Maybe you could say more about that. I saw the news article, yeah. but maybe people who missed yeah. it. Yeah. So in Italy, they've already started the process of removing non-bio moms from kids' birth certificates that have already been born. The birth certificates were already issued. They are now reissuing them, removing the non-bio this is also wild because um, I know Italy is like going in a rightward direction right now. Many places are. Many places are. We're in this like weird, just Argentina the other day is like everybody's like moving toward, well, not everybody, but Canada. like and Canada. Niger. I mean, there's like a lot of uh, moving rightward. Um, and one thing that's interesting specifically about Italy uh, is that they, ha- you know, for a long time, they've had like a zero birth rate. Uh, because I don't know, this is just a weird thing that I know because I'm Italian American. Um, like the Pope has only given a speech on the floor of parliament one time, um, and, or Senate, whatever they call it. And it was to encourage people to have babies because they're, you know, it's a boot that sticks into the water and immigration was how the population was changing. This is something that people in the U S this is like also part of why Trump is, you know, has was elected is that immigration was what was growing the populace, not like People. pure Italian babies. For so first of all, right. that's fucked and sad. We hate that, that 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 would bring the pope to the to the government. Um, right. But, uh, you know, so anyway, in a country where they're so worried about that, even there, right. that's like very discouraging for us. Let the let the queer people grow your okay. If you're gonna be fucking xenophobic and racist, and you're and you're adding homophobia to that, come on, baby. Well, they you know that Italy doesn't even allow same sex marriage. Well, they don't recognize whoopsie daisy. 
I think that might be because it's just so very Catholic. That's why we've all left. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, the the other thing I want to say is that, you know, technically nobody has to adopt the kids, right? You can live in the, this is going to lead to something. I'm going to ask you about a legal thing. So just, but you know, technically nobody has to adopt. You can, a boyfriend or a step parent can live with children that are not biologically theirs. So it's not because there's something about like being able to live together or function in the world as a family. But I think the legal protections that you're talking about, maybe you could run through why you think adoption is important um, to make sure to like cement that dual parenthood as opposed to operating in this like different sense that, you know, can certainly like go get a sandwich together. You can certainly like live (laughs) at the same address, but why does it matter? Yeah. The two biggest things are death and divorce. So it's nothing that people really want to talk about, but even as of this year, in the U.S., there are lesbian couples who have gotten divorced where the judge said, oh, you didn't adopt your kid. You no longer have rights to them. Yes. To the non-bio mom, parent. They identified as mom. Um, and so they can't see their kids anymore. So you can you can lose rights. To, I mean, obviously, obviously, there was a reason they got divorced very messy. And now the one is keeping the kids from the other. So that's a whole nother story. But um, in that case, it's custody. Um, yeah. Are you going to have, are you going to be able to see your kids if you get divorced? And then in terms of death, I just want to stop there for a second. That does, I mean, it sounds very brutal, but, um, I think just, it's important to like bring up that custody battles are a huge part of divorce for everybody. And, you know, Mm -hmm. as somebody who's been divorced, it's not like a fun process. Your relationship doesn't get better through the divorce, you know, like whatever, (laughs) it's like really hard. So And custody is really hard. So I think that I feel like that sounds so nuts that somebody would keep their kids, that that one parent would choose to keep their kids. But but that fight happens across the board for lots of different couples where there's a finagling of like, where that's used as, I mean, unfortunately, where kids are used as a, you know, yeah, weaponized. That's that's the right word, yeah. So that's not us. That's like everyone. No, it's not us. But the thing about our system is that in those cases, there was no fight because there wasn't. There was no, the That's judge was really like, interesting. you have no legal rights over this child. Jesus you Christ. Gave, you gave birth. That child is yours. This wasn't a custody battle. This wasn't like, I want 70-30. I want every Christmas. I, like this was, no, this isn't your kid. And so, of course, like they've appealed it and like, you know, there's that fight and that battle. But in the past, I know of three major cases in the past year and a half that have come out, you know, that of this exact situation. Two of them were in Michigan. Don't go to Michigan. Um, But like, that's the thing that it's the things that you don't think of when you're in love and you're growing your family. Right. That's wild. We're going to die and we're going to get divorced. Right. I mean, another thing that we don't that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. So like, it's just wild what different things can impact this because state by state, there are different divorce laws. I live in California. That's a no fault state. So when they're, when people are getting divorced, they're not like looking at who fucked up as a way of like deciding (laughs) who the kids go with or whatever. My sister lives in Arkansas. She's a lawyer. 
And that's a fault divorce state. So it's that's very different in terms of like going through that process. And I can imagine that that also, you know, over the coming years, as this is continuing to evolve, would be an issue that relates to this as well. Like in terms of even just what a judge is thinking about, even if the people aren't fighting about it. Right. Right. And and that's the thing is that the judge in the one recent case was like, you had an avenue to protect your rights and you didn't take it. Jesus Christ. Right, okay. Just be homophobic. Like that. Like, that's, like, that's wild. <laughs> so talk to me about the, the case of death. Cause I think this is like, I honestly, mm-hmm. this is, this is so fucking sad. That's so sad. I know. I'm like, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Um, so let's <laughs> say for example, the, the parent who gives birth dies in some situations and definitely depending on the state that child is not going to automatically go to the other parent it could either become like they would appoint a guardian the state would appoint a guardian um it would likely go to the family like the parent of the um parent who died or it's like next of kin kind of a thing um and so that's that's a big thing there. It's like, okay, if the legal parent dies, who who's getting the kid? <laughs> um, and then the other thing is inheritance rights. And this is something that hasn't really been litigated yet just because like queer people have been having babies a while, but we're having more of them now. Um, are, is your child going to be able to inherit from you? Can you leave things to your kid? Um, like tax-free. Yes. Kind of thing. Right. Um, Oh my God, I, please help me out. I'm on some medication that affects my memory. Um, What is her name? Oh, Edie Windsor. So like, this is also, these are the kinds of cases that have gone to the Supreme Court. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. the reason that Edie Windsor was arguing for same-sex marriage, her lawyers were arguing for same-sex marriage in the Supreme Court is is because of a case of, inheritance and death and yeah um Mm -hmm. and being able to take over your spouse's you know property the things that that person wanted to leave to you the things Mm -hmm. that that make sense and i would add that when kids are thrown in the mix i mean this is true for property too but when kids are thrown in the mix something that relates to what you're talking about is if they're going to the family of the person who has the legal rights who passed and that family is homophobic then that mm-hmm. also affects um because that because that i mean number one that's ridiculous across the board but also if then those people have a problem with the spouse then that person's fucked mm-hmm. and that is definitely the case in a lot of <laughs> for a lot of uh you know couples where parents are not supportive so that's the thing is that it's, it's really like, again, it's not, it's not required. It's not required, but it's really, it's like an insurance policy. kind of. It's just protecting your family unit. Um, and then also like travel. That's another piece. That is the other thing, thing right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to travel outside of your state, if you're going to travel outside of the country and especially in certain countries. Um, and your kid, like... Again, this is probably, these are like far off situations, but let's say you go to Italy 
and your kid needs to go to the hospital. Are both parents going to be allowed in? Right. This is, it's and that's, here's, the, here's the crazy thing, though, about reciprocal IVF that is so weird is that I was considered the legal parent. If we went to the hospital with my son and my wife, they would be like, to me, who are you? <laughs> like, because they look alike. I don't look like him. Like that's, you know, like, I'm like, like, how do you, how do you prove one or the other? Yeah, that's You know wild. what I mean? I, I don't know. For us, and, and, and that's the thing though, it's, it's, it can be cost prohibitive for people. You've already spent all of this money having a kid. Now it costs a lot to raise a kid. And now you've got to spend thousands more to adopt the kid. So what do you recommend? Just like pay the thousands or is there, I mean... So different states case? have different op- different states have different options. Um, some states have something called a judgment of parentage, which is a much more streamlined, um, cheaper track. California has something that's cheaper and more streamlined as well. California has your- has a honestly. They also had a um, they have a streamlined divorce process, which is so funny. Like at, yeah, there's like a, if you've been married less than five years, there's a different. Um, process to get divorced isn't that wild (laughs) california you're smart you're smart in some ways i mean you're gonna fall into the sea but right before that right before that you're gonna fall into the sea but right before that (laughs) you're gonna do great back for another game you know it what's going on just one more week till max fun drive (laughs) hard to believe It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Did you make the decision to share a last name as a family? Yes. Yes. So my wife and her, like, her family is very Jewish. I was not. I converted before we got married so that um, any child that I birthed would be considered Jewish. <laughs> um, wow. And her, yeah, so she had a Jewish That's also with- wild, what you just said. I have never thought about that. That is a wild, just because yeah. obviously it inherits <laughs> through the mother. But like if, if that's, if you're the mother on the birth certificate, then it actually inherits, it's through you. Is yeah. that true yeah. in, in the Jewish tradition? I didn't, so I've never in- thought of that. Yeah, in Judaism, it, yeah, it passes down through the mother. So right. the one who gives birth is the mother. Yeah, or does is, or does yeah. everybody have to be? What uh, if what if the person no. that was carrying, <laughs> but not the donor, but not the but not the. Probably. Do you have any idea? That's so I wild. Don't. Okay. Anyway, keep going. I. You converted to Judaism. That is that is like genuinely interesting. I just think it's interesting the. Right. Uh, yeah, the different things that come up in a system that's not built for us, including like a lot of religious things. organizations, including, you know, yeah, 
whatever it is, a zillion 100%. things. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So no, yeah. So I took, and yeah, I didn't want to hyphenate. I wasn't attached to my last name. My parents didn't care. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we did that. And then it was just easier for the kids to have the same name. A lot of people don't make that choice. I mean, a lot of people do, but a lot yeah. of people don't. Um, and I also know a lot of actually straight couples these days who like don't make that choice because it's just a mm-hmm. living in a different time. I also think probably most straight couples still do. Maybe I'm just like skewed by my, by the people I happen to know because a lot of people, um, I know have gotten married later and like have already established their careers. So it's a yeah. big change to try to, you know, reintroduce yeah, yourself sure. as opposed to 23 and you're like about to start launching. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. So I, I know that, you know, something I've thought a lot about is you're getting on a plane with your kids and their boarding pass has a different last name than your boarding pass. And my, you know, I happen to also be in an interracial marriage. So there's like some complexities around even something like that. Right. Like that. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like the things that cis hetero couples don't have to think of like, well, I guess, I guess maybe some in interracial marriages, but like, right. Like what biases may I come up against or like what's, what could potentially go wrong? Right. The boarding yeah. pass. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. I think child? that is totally a, an issue for a lot of folks in an, in an interracial marriage too. It's like, you know, just our, um, yeah, our biases and, and what we project onto people. And then how, <laughs> I mean, do you carry your, do you carry legal paperwork with you if you are going somewhere with your kids that is, or I guess I'll ask this question, where do you go? Where do you carry? When yeah. do you carry legal paperwork with you? I have everything on Google Drive. Oh, yeah. So that I can just access So it's always it with phone. you. It is always with me because my phone is always with me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could get it on my watch too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I highly suggest uploading everything email it to yourself. I mean, something so that you can easily have access to it, especially like in an emergent situation. Yeah. But anyway, good times being gay. (laughs) How have you found when you talk about this, like in a legal setting, um, how have you found other lawyers, judges? How do you like just in your experience of talking to folks about this? What do you find mm-hmm. other people are thinking, especially like straight folks who work in the profession, but maybe aren't. So maybe a lot of, a lot of, so if to get on my directory <laughs> for my organization, I speak to, I interview everyone, um, any, every lawyer. And I have spoken to some that I have said, this is not a good fit because they don't know what they're talking about. They were like, oh, your birth certificate was fine. And I'm like, bye. Um, so it's interesting to, to hear the perspectives or, or the reasoning that certain lawyers take certain paths. Um, but I have to say that most of the lawyers are straight mm. that are on my directory mm. that do this type of, that do this specific type of law. Like there's like a specific organization that is like, adoption and art attorneys art would be the assisted reproductive technology um and most of them are straight and are like oh that's interesting advocates for and not all of them have gone through fertility like it's just and and are maybe some of them also dealing with 
those other folks that were in the waiting room when I was getting an egg retrieval, which are also straight people. Like they're like if they're right. if they're art focused, that doesn't necessarily mean they're us focused. It means Correct. just generally Correct. this like yeah. because also something that I have certainly read about um, are sperm donor rights. And again, because I live in California, it's um, like very clear the the right. I mean the. Yeah. I went through like one of the biggest cryobanks that there is and they have like really specific things that folks are signing off on. Like they are the, it's very clear and it's, um, you know, their T's are crossed and their eyes are dotted and, and I live in California. So I don't know that there's like some activist judge who's going to like, you know, Mm -mm. do anything about that. But I know that's an issue. Elsewhere. It is. There are some states that don't have donor statutes, meaning there are no restrictions, regulations, or whatever on that. So like in Oklahoma, for example, let's say you were going to use a known donor. You can't sign a contract waiving the donor's rights prior to the child being born. Oh, wow. So. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you can't. So what are you supposed to do? <laughs> you're supposed to terminate the parental rights once the child is born what are you supposed to do yes yeah they have to be terminated once the child is born but what if the donor changed their mind also it's hard to terminate parental rights right i mean i maybe not, not in, in this case not in a donor not in, this yeah, situation. Not in like the donor mm-hmm. yeah not in a this donor is so situation. weird i have like um because i was in social work school for a while and i worked specifically at a home for kids who were hard to place in the foster care system because of the trauma in their past. So they were falling out of foster care. They were living in this group home. And the reason I'm asking that question is because in these cases where it was, where it was like an unstable home for a variety of reasons, a lot of them having to do with like poverty, um, the process to terminate parental rights was, was pretty hard because, because they they want family reunification over everything. So that's yep. why I was like, not sure if this is one of those things where they're like, we want family reunification with a sperm donor who's not actually part of the family. So that's good right. to hear. I think, that I that's think the donor would probably be like, no, yeah, no, right. we're good, okay. we're good. Um, no, but but that's that's what's crazy. If if you're ever going to use a known donor, you need legal right away, like to terminate the rights if you're in a state that allows that. Um, but if you're going through one of the big banks, we did as well, um, that's already taken care of for you. So you don't have to worry about that. So, you know, there's safety in that. That also comes with its own stuff too. Right. I've, I've really dove into the donor conception community in the past few years, just learning from donor conceived adults and their childhoods and traumas and and all of that. That's a a whole nother conversation. Um, but yeah, this, the, the journey, this organization was never supposed to be like, I never intended to create this at all. Um, but it just kind of exploded once I started talking about these issues and the things that come up and then it kind of morphed into then, like I got into surrogacy and then into like the whole DCP, which is like donor conceived persons advocacy and, and all of that. Um, Oh, wait, what yeah. is that? We can do it. We can jump into that too. Sure. <laughs> um, basically, so IVF was, you know, created back in the 80s. Our first IVF baby was, was it the 70s? 
or the eighties. I don't know, whatever. The don the the first kind of a batch of IVF babies or IUI babies are you know adults now, and we can now learn from them and their experiences. And back then, it was you know generally cis hetero couples who couldn't have kids, and because of the, the husband, they used a sperm donor and never told their kids. Now these kids are adults do DNA tests for fun because you got a gift at Christmas and boom, daddy's not your dad. <laughs> like, you know, like that. And yeah. so there's been this whole movement of um, regulating the industry. I do know that Being happened op- to a friend of mine. So I, I know what you're talking about. Really? That's what, yeah. Oh, crazy. I know. That's, yeah, I know someone too. It's weird. But, and then like being open with your kids and not just being open with your kids because for us, like my wife and I were like, well, Clearly, our kids are going to know that they're donor conceived. Right. But but they don't get that until they're older. And so it's really, there's part of the, the donor conception movement is towards just integrating that as part of your your family story from day one with sure. your kids. Yeah. You know? And so that's a big, a big, big part of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I hear, right. So we're living in a different you know, it's not that there's no conversation about this. Obviously, we're literally talking about the fact that it's still an issue in the legal system. Um, but I think the other thing that you're sort of referencing is the tremendous stigma that existed when this was first starting. Especially, like, if you're a straight couple and you can't make a baby together, then that, I think at that time, was, like, you know, a real, oh, yeah. fa- a real failure of yeah. that relationship. It said a lot about that relationship. Um, my dad is adopted and, and, and so this is like something that he's talked a lot about in his, and he's actually done adoptions, um, as he's a lawyer as well. Um, so I think that for him, you know, uh, he's like 75. So that, that was a wild, you know, the, the way that you did it then was you don't tell the child or, you know, he found out when he was a little bit like it wasn't it um he found out when he was still a kid but it wasn't integrated oh. into his you know right first right, right. first Your memories yeah right yeah. right yeah so yeah the, yeah the stigma piece but also the the anonymity piece and the of who this person is is and again this is a whole another topic but like Finding the siblings. You mean you mean like parental anonymity? Ah, siblings. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Like we know of at least twenty five of siblings that my kids have. Holy shit, that's wild. Yours will too. It's usually around fifty. Like it's. Well, I don't have kids yet, so we don't know. We don't, I, don't, I said yes. Don't. Yeah, yes. but don't, 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 don't jinx it. <laughs> it's still gotta go to the process. Well, oh, okay. Still gotta go through the process. Got it. Got it. But, but that's the thing is it's the, it's the, not for you. Um, for, yeah, for, for somebody else. For, for, for somebody else. For somebody for else. Someone else. For everyone else who goes through a large cryobank. I don't mean that, have... I don't mean that I don't want kids to have siblings. What I mean is oh, I yeah, haven't I conceived a baby. I got you. I got so, you. Yeah. You will. Talk it into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, t- I'll okay. take that tactic. Yeah. There you go. My wife is doing a lot of 
manifestation work right now. Oh, so she's okay. all about ta- talking it into existence. Okay, all right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but just that part of like regulating the industry of like kids not having 50 siblings. So that's a whole, that's again, that's a whole nother topic and issue, but something. But part of the reason that that, but part of the reason that that also happens was that, and again, I think this is like, this is super interesting to me because I don't think we talk about this. It's like, this all is like, so, um, outside of people who, so I knew again, even just going through the egg retrieval process and I knew some people who went through it. And when I was going through it, I was like, this is fucking terrible. This is like, (laughs) this is like really hard on my body. Like I hate these hormones. It is changing my body pretty drastically. And the like procedure to have them removed was like very uncomfortable. And the doctor- awake? No, but what I mean is like, literally the, (laughs) the clinic was like, I mean, you might be able to go back to work the next day. And it was like, I didn't, I did not find that this was like a chill process. I found this was like a really tough process. And when I talked to other people, especially people my age, they were like, this was also a really tough process on me. And so I feel like it's like the messaging that's coming out, especially when people talk about like egg freezing, it feels to me that like, it's one of the, I mean, we don't talk about, there's of course like things that happen to bodies with uteruses. We don't talk about that shit anyway. It's like, of course we don't talk about periods. Of course, like tampons cost like a zillion dollars, you know, uh, we don't cover any of this in like a sex ed thing where anybody's like talking mm-hmm. about a diva cup, you know, like, so of course, no sex ed. Anymore. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So of course, then we also don't talk about this stuff. Um, right. but when I, so when I went through the process, I think I imagined that when you go look for a donor that it's like 900 choices, but because they're so specific about who they choose, there's genetic testing and there's like, IQ testing and all this other stuff, it's actually a pretty, it's a smaller pool than I thought it was. Especially if you're looking for diversity too. Like there are non-white donors. Very few yep. BIPOC donors, yeah. 100%. It's I know that some banks, um, just because I do work with them, like really are targeting like trying to get more donors, more BIPOC specifically. um, Asian as well. But yeah, it's yeah, and that's, heavens, so that's another thing, right? Heavens to Betsy. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> so, Anywho, this kind of took a spin, but, you know. So we uh, just have, I mean, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is super interesting. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Well, first of all, can you name your organization? We haven't done that yet, I don't think. Have we? Yeah. I mentioned it once. Uh, it's Connecting Rainbows. Oh, yeah, so you did. Rainbows. You did mention it. Yes, you're right. Yep. You did say that. Yeah. Um, it's Connecting Rainbows. Uh, and the services that you're helping folks with are? So I, I am not the one doing the work. I, but you're connecting myself out. Yeah. more as providing the resources. Exactly. Yeah. So you can find a lawyer in your state. Um, cause you always need to find one in your state. Uh, we actually, so we gave birth in, I gave birth. I know when people are like, we're pregnant. I'm like, no, no, I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Came out of me. Um, I gave birth in New Jersey. So we actually had to adopt in New Jersey. So it's where the birth certificate was issued. Got it. Um, So we have lawyers in every state, uh, fertility clinics that uh, have come recommended as LGBTQ plus friendly. Awesome. Um, Surrogacy resources, but just like a bunch of information on that. I've done 
vlogs with different doctors, um, some lawyers, blogs. There's just like a bunch of issues. It's really just like a hub of resources to find the right place. Which is amazing. I mean, that's amazing. Yes. Awesome. And I guess just with like our last few minutes here, I want to just ask, um, you know, is there anything else we've covered so much about like concerns and issues and things that come up? Is there anything I missed that you specifically want to mention that folks should should think about if they're going through, if they're thinking about starting this process? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, right. I mean, like there's a lot of like really major life choices that have to be made through, through this process. It's like, okay, what clinic am I going to use? What donor are we going to choose? Are we going to go through a bank? Are we going to go through someone we know? Yeah. Um, that involves a whole other pool of legalities. Um, if you, are needing eggs and a uterus then that surrogacy is a whole nother beast that's like i mean you're looking at minimum six figures for that like it's it's wild what i've learned about all of that um and again who's gonna carry um and then this this whole adoption piece i think that like there's a lot of heaviness that comes with our family growing Um, especially because like for us we were like oh we just need sperm like we're good and it wasn't straightforward for us, um, you know, we hit bumps in the road and my wife at a point had to have a hysterectomy and um, like go through just figuring all of that out was we ran out of embryos, had to do another retrieval and all of that. Um, and then again, the expense of then adding the adoption piece, but it's it's worth it. I, I mean, I think that like I just want to share that, you know, if we hadn't gone through all of the the trauma and the horrible things that we did, I wouldn't have my daughter, who is our second. And she is just like the light of my life. I love my son too. But like, it wouldn't have been her. It's like all the bumps you go through, all the trials, all the tribulations lead you to that child that you do have. And once you have that child in your arms, everything else makes sense. So if you were to... And maybe this is not something that you can say. I mean, I don't know because it's so dependent on a million things. But if you were going to suggest um, to folks who might be trying to understand, like, like what's the cheapest way to do this? That's what I'm trying to get to. Like, if you were, if somebody is dealing with a real financial burden, because this is all a financial burden, what would you suggest? To having a child? Yeah. Or, or is it like foster to adopt? Like what's the, in your experience, what's the cheapest, most Using affordable? No donor. No donor. Yeah. Yeah. You're not paying for the sperm. That's the biggest. That's like a huge, you don't have to pay for the clinic. You literally are just going to the OB like you would if you had just gotten pregnant. So you've, using a known donor, you can just inseminate it at home. I know people who've done it. You just please have a contract drawn up beforehand. Yeah. Talk to a talk to a local. Lawyer. I don't know people who've done that and had it. Work. Do I? Maybe one. I but do. That's so. Thank you for telling me that because I don't. I don't know those people, so I didn't know that it actually so worked. I have. I know people who did it at the same time, and they both got pregnant. Oh, that's amazing. And one got pregnant with twins. Oh wow! Okay. So both partners basically had triplets. Wow. So yes, it does. It does. It was a first two. Yeah. Okay. So it works. Okay. For sure. Got it. Um, yeah. Thanks yeah. for that info. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I think, I mean, this has been 
really helpful. I think a lot has been discussed. I'm super happy to give this resource to people that might be listening and curious about how to do this. So thanks for the work you're doing. Before I send you back into your day, I wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that makes you, made you feel that you could be who you are today. I would have to say a place I went to Pace Law School, mm. super, super liberal out in New York. I had never met a lesbian before. <laughs> I went there and I went there uh, as a thought heterosexual. Mm. And very, very quickly therein, <laughs> had my first girlfriend. And it was just a very safe space for me. It was mm. a very safe place. And there were a lot of gay and queer people there who, when I started to express the feelings that I was having, were like, oh, yeah, totally. I've dated women. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's like, amazing. It was just, and I was a theater major in college. I just knew gay men. Like, I just, I don't know. I was very clueless. I was an athlete growing up, like, hardcore gymnast. So I was wasn't in the dating scene. I was just so busy and focused. And so, you know, I went to law school and I was like, oh, there's a whole whole other world out there. Wow. That's amazing. Well, shout out to Pace. And um, thank you so much for your time today. And um, it's been great to talk to you. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.